This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. And the football ferns were dominated, I think it's fair to say, 5-1 by the Olympic champions Canada in game one of their two-match series in Ottawa on Sunday. Uh, they head to Montreal for game two tomorrow afternoon. Joining us to review and preview the action is none other than Annalie Longo. Uh, 124 games for the football ferns under her belt. Three Olympic games, uh, women's league player for uh, Sydney and the Melbourne victory as well as uh, play for the Three Kings as well uh, here in New Zealand. So uh, no one better to talk on the subject. Annalie Longo, good morning to you. I looked on your bio on New Zealand football and they call you the flea. Why do they call you the flea? <laughs> yeah, I got that uh, nickname pretty early on in my uh, career. Um, if, you, if you've met me, I'm in pretty small stature um, and I grew up tap dancing. So, um, yeah, nippy feet and took on the field. So Annalie was a bit long um, to yell out on the pitch. So Annalie and a flea and it's just kind of stuck. So, yeah, now I've got, got the nickname flea. Well, I have seen you play a lot, actually, um, and, and, and part of the midfield there for a long, long time. Uh, why, why, um, why are you not over there now? Can I, can I ask you that? Yeah, unfortunately, with all the restrictions at the moment, um, I guess New Zealand football uh, made the call um, to not take over um, any uh, Australasian players. So um, anyone that's based here in New Zealand or Australia, uh, just with all of our restrictions in terms of getting in and out of the country, um, Mm. they just thought it was safer as a team to not take us over. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame um, to miss a tour, especially against the Olympic uh, champions. But... um, yeah, in these circumstances, I guess health and safety comes first. And um, yeah, we've been supporting and watching them from back home. But um, yeah, we'd definitely all love to be there. Well, the rise of Canadian women's football is um, is quite apparent. Um, they they dominated uh, the USA, of course, the number one seeds for the Olympics, and uh, seems to be uh, the number one seeds all the time with the profile that they get. The US women's football team. Were you surprised at that result, or has Canada just, just been on the up for quite some time? Yeah, definitely. They've been working hard, um, I guess, for the last kind of six years, really. Um, you know, our old head coach, John Herdman, went over and started that journey. Um, and, yeah, they've been growing and developing, and um, I guess they've just found that consistency in the last couple of years. Um, you know, they've always meddled at the last three Olympic Games. So, yeah, I don't think it was definitely a surprise. Um, yeah, it's just I guess um, probably something that they've been working towards for a number of years and I guess winning that gold medal is just kind of the end piece of that um, and I guess they'll want to build on that um, heading into 23 World Cup in, in New Zealand and Australia. So uh, new coach uh, Jit uh, Klimkova is in charge of uh, the football fans of course. 
Uh, it was her first game in charge without all your players from down under as such. Um, what did what did you make of uh, the performance and, and game one that Canada won 5-1? Yeah, it was always going to be a tough challenge. Uh, you expect that, especially then coming off gold medal match and you know, it took 15, 20 minutes for the game to start. So it was an unusual spectacle, um, but nice for, the, I guess, the Canadians to celebrate that gold medal. Um, I guess for our girls um, watching the game, uh, it was definitely a tough, tough watch, but I think I really liked the intent um, that the girls put out there. I think you tried to see them play out from the back. You tried to see them, um, I guess, combined and, and play a different style of football that we haven't seen for a while. So it's a starting point, I think, for the girls and um, something I'm sure Yipka will want to grow on and develop. And I think every game we need to get better. Um, and if we can do that uh, over the next two years, then when we come into the World Cup, um, we'll be a much competitive um, side. So it's basically a 4-3-3 formation. Uh, is that something new um, to the football ferns uh, under a new coach? Yeah, it's definitely a, a new um, f- formation. I mean, it's a very familiar one for most players. It's quite a common common formation um, that we all play. But, um, yeah, we flipped out of uh, a lot of different ways, um, 3-5-2 and, and diamond and, and all sorts. So, um, yeah, it's just really about the principles and the, the fundamentals and... Um, yeah, we just need to keep getting better as a team, quicker on the ball, quicker decision-making, and, and that will really help us uh, in creating more opportunities going forward. Oh, the, the plus is, uh, obviously, when uh, you leave experienced players at home, there is a plus, and it gives new people the opportunity to get experience at that level. But it was good to see an older hand uh, return from illness uh, in Rosie White. Yeah, she's a fantastic player. It was nice to see her back in the pitch and she's a, a core member of, I guess, the culture and the, and the team. So, yeah, definitely nice to see her back out there. And, yeah, I thought it was fantastic to see some younger players get the opportunity uh, and hopefully in game two you'll see that again. Um, we need to grow that depth and, and, and create players that create healthy competition within the environment. So, yeah, nice opportunity for some players and, and hopefully they get a bit more time in, in game two and um, over the next two years we'll, we'll see a, a very competitive nature of the squad. Yeah. So a debut coming on for uh, Rosie White was uh, Jackie Hand and we've got a, another uncapped trio there of Talia Herman-Watt and Elia, uh, Anelia Jensen and uh, Sam Tafaru. Uh, tell us a, a wee bit about uh, their backgrounds as we look forward to them making some sort of impact. Yeah, they've um, most of them grown up uh, around the country uh, of New Zealand. Um, Talia from obviously Canterbury um, and the Canterbury Pride, um, and um, Amelia Abbott as well, and then a couple from Auckland. So they started a journey uh, in New Zealand, and then recently they went over to um, America and played in the college system. Um, so being over there, it's obviously given them the opportunity. They've obviously done well in the States um, and yet can see them and, and given them the call up. So, um, yeah, nice opportunity for those players. and. Um, yeah, I guess see how they go in the environment, um, just step up and, and yeah, I guess see what they can do. What about the goalkeeping um, department there? Erin um, Naylor under a, a little bit of pressure there. Annalita's an exciting young prospect. We've seen her on show before, so um, very competitive in, in that particular area. Yeah, I think that's what you want with a squad. You know, when you become comfortable, sometimes um, you know things. Uh, get easy and you don't always improve and get better and get challenged so um, that's why we want a competitive side um, and yeah Anna's obviously over at West Ham now um, you know in and out of the starting lineup and things like that getting game time so she'll definitely push 
um, Erin for the number one, and then you've also got Victoria Essen as well as the, another goalkeeper that's playing um, in Norway. So, yeah, very healthy, competitive squad. And, um, yeah, I guess if they don't step up, then the next one's really awaiting. And, um, yeah, I guess it's, a, it's a, a good place to be as a team. It's a little bit of an unknown fact, isn't it? We're all fully aware of how many uh, rugby players we send overseas playing in various divisions in various countries, but uh, just by what you were saying now and the number of players you've quoted through in different systems and leagues, uh, we must have quite a lot of women's footballers playing um, outside New Zealand. Um, is that the case? And just uh, roughly how many would you, would you know we'd have over there? Yeah, I think um, that's definitely something that's grown. I think from the 2011 World Cup, we saw most players heading over to professional contracts. And, and more than sports, just growing essentially, um, whether it be in football or anything else. But yeah, for football, there's professional leagues now all around the world. We've got players playing in Iceland, Germany, um, Sweden, Japan, all sorts. So um, yeah, there's definitely more opportunities for females to go overseas and, and play professionally. And then obviously we've got the US and the college system um, that seems to be very inviting for players and education and um, the ability to play football. Uh, so yeah, we've got a number of players out there. There's probably, I mean, when you look at the squad that's been selected, there's um, yeah, roughly about 23, 24 players that were selected, I guess, from overseas places, and there's definitely more players than that over there. Um, so, yeah, definitely is a pathway um, for players. And, you know, obviously now we've got the Wellington Phoenix, which is hopefully will keep maybe a few players in and around New Zealand and, and I guess, a stepping stone. Um, but ultimately, all players want to go and play in the best leagues in the world, and that's um, unfortunately in Europe and, and, around, and around the place like that. So, Annalie, what's your immediate future in terms of uh, perhaps signing for the Phoenix or uh, another side within this competition? Uh, so I have just um, decided to, to step back, um, I guess, for the next few months. So obviously, I couldn't travel to, to Canada, um, so that made that decision a little bit easier. But um, I've just taken a new role at New Zealand Football, um, the Women's mm-hmm. Football Development Manager. Um, so at the moment, just without being able to travel and the uncertainty of everything, I'm, I'm going to focus um, for the next couple of months on that. And then I guess we'll, we'll see when the, the borders open and that availability is there, um, my next move. But in the meantime, I'm here in Christchurch um, at the moment and I'll, I'll play for the Pride if, if we have a National Women's League um, this year and then um, I guess look to get into action um, yeah, next year and, and when things are a little bit more certain and, and what movements we can do. So you're involved in the development of, of New Zealand football. What age group is that? And, and what are the numbers like uh, in terms of uh, women's football in this country or, or uh, girls' football at secondary school, etc.? What, what are the numbers like? What's the following? Yeah, it's certainly, um, certainly growing. Um, I think uh, in the last kind of two or three years have come a little bit stagnant so I guess my role coming in I've only been in the role three weeks now um, is really to, to look at those participation numbers and how we can get more girls into the game um, whether that's through more girls only um, kind of offerings and initiatives or trying to be more flexible in what we deliver as football um, to get more people involved so obviously World Cup that's really going to really going to help at the moment for, for females or girls there's one in every five players is a female so um, I'd love to try and close that gap. Um, I, I guess to have a 50-50 split between girls and boys. Um, so that's something we're really working towards. And obviously the World Cup and the visibility that that will bring in 23 will, will really help that. Is that still on your agenda, the, the World Cup 2023? 
That's good news. Absolutely good news. And uh, I would imagine uh, America, the United States will be regrouping as well because they've had uh, two or three of their uh, older players retire at the end of this uh, unsuccessful campaign. So uh, I'm a bit of reshuffling for, from them because they've, they've always sort of been the yardstick, haven't they? They're, they're the ones that have, have held the baton uh, and are so popular in America. Yeah, they have. They're an uh, incredible side. They've got a lot of depth and um, yeah, you only have to look at every game they host. It's a full stadium and there's, there's girls with shirts and names on their back and things like that. You know, they've created a real um, package um, and obviously they're a very successful team. So yeah, they're definitely the level that everyone's striving towards and um, yeah, they consistently medal at most events. Um, so yeah, that's the level we want to try and develop and grow and um, it's obviously hard with a, a smaller population, but um, I guess that's what we strive for. Okay, Anneli, thank you very much for your time this morning. Look forward to uh, Game 2 tomorrow between uh, New Zealand and Canada and Montreal, and let's hope we can close the gap a wee bit and show uh, a little bit of further improvement. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely, thank you.